Welcome to A Slob Chems Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobchemsclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 173. And I'm talking about or I'm sharing five tips for helping someone else declutter. A lot of these are mindset changes, honestly, for you as the person helping. We're heading into summer and summer means that it's out of routine. There might be some people that you're hanging out with family members or friends or whatever. And um, first of all, there's the motivation uh, just naturally to declutter when routine is, you know, out the window, um, motivation on your own in your own home. So you might be helping people who live in your house with you. Um, or you might be visiting someone, you know, sometimes you visit family members at Christmas or at Easter or at Thanksgiving, and the whole focus is on the holiday and what's involved with the holiday. But sometimes in the summer, you're going to be at somebody's house and you just have time to hang out. And perhaps the subject of clutter and decluttering comes up either because you bring it up or they bring it up or whatever. Um, so these are just some ideas, uh, ways to think of this. Um, I, in my new book, uh, Decluttering at the Speed of Life, which is still new, right? It's been out for getting close to three months, I guess. Um, but in my book, I talk about, um, I have a section on helping others declutter. And I specifically go through my process um, when dealing with children, when dealing, um, when helping your husband, when helping friends, when helping older relatives, um, just different relationships in your life. And just because all of those relationships are nuanced. All right. I'm not going to get into all those details here, but I am going to give you five just tips for overall when you're working with someone else on their clutter as opposed to yours. So here's a review from audible.com um, of that just came in of decluttering at the speed of life. Here we go. It was five stars. It says, I really got a lot out of Dana's first book and enjoy her podcasts. I wasn't in a rush to listen to the second book thinking it would just be repeated info. I finally went ahead and decided to get this audiobook to listen to while I made yet another attempt to declutter. It really was great. I can relate so much to Dana when it comes to home management and decluttering. She really has figured things out for those of us with these struggles. I'm feeling confident that I will make progress in my efforts to declutter. So thank you for that review. Um, okay, so that is decluttering at the speed of life. You can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash book and um, find out all the information on that. Okay, so tip one is to frame your offer of help as help. Okay. This is not your chance to fix them, to change them, to help them not have the traits or the characteristics or the habits that have annoyed you your entire life. Okay. Um, I know how it is. Um, you know, when it's so easy to see what someone else is doing wrong. It's so easy to walk into someone else's space or someone else's home and see the things that are obviously the problems. It is easier to see the cause of someone else's problems than it is to see the cause of your own problems. Okay. Um, 
because when I look at my own clutter, I see all the, the reasons, honestly, the excuses, but all these logical ways that this stuff happened. And so that's what's in my mind when I look at my own clutter. When I look at someone else's clutter, it's easier to remove those emotions and just go, (laughs) this is why this is happening because this, 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 and this, or, you know, obviously they are too focused on memories, way more focused than they need to be on memories. Okay. But when I look at my own stuff, it's different. So remember that if you are offering to help, you are offering to help and make sure that the way that you approach this subject is, I want to help you, not I want to fix you. Okay, not you stink at this. I need to help you. Okay, um, and and the reason I bring this up is I was the person who struggled with clutter, and honestly, will always struggle with clutter. But I was the person who desperately needed help, and the people who really were helpful were the people who didn't act horrified at my clutter. Okay. Um, they were the people who didn't go seriously. How does this happen? Because guess what my reaction was when someone was horrified and was like, sir, oh, we got to change. We got to change how you live your life. I mean, I, I, you know, maybe they didn't say those exact words, but that's how it felt when they came in and were like, Oh my word. Yeah. Uh, no, no, we're changing this. I mean, which sounds awful, when you hear somebody say it, but I promise you I've experienced it. Okay. And when someone came in like that, my automatic reaction was to be defensive. And being defensive about your own clutter is what happens naturally. So don't make that any worse. Okay. So just be, no, I'm, I'm just here to help. What do you, what do you want to focus on? And I'm going to help you do that. Okay. Because maybe, and we'll get into this in the next tip, but Maybe they have a whole bunch of things that uh, they've wanted to do or wanted to focus on, or they know what needs to be done here. They just haven't done it. Come in as a, hey, let me just help you with whatever it is that you want help with. Maybe it's not exactly what you think they should do, but come in because the reason why I say frame your offer of help as help, as opposed to fixing them and changing them is that the first step to actually helping someone is earning their trust. Because as the person who struggled with clutter, I know that the actual maintaining of things is where the real issue is. Okay. So I need to know that this is a process and that I need, you know, this is going to be a long-term thing. If you're really going to help me, then we have to be looking at the actual long-term part of that. So the getting started is the hardest part. And that's where we need to get started painlessly. Don't, don't have the person start resisting you from the very beginning. Okay. So just earning trust, that is what you're actually doing when you first offer to help and making sure that you focus on helping as opposed to fixing them. Your goal here is to earn their trust so that we can get started painlessly so that we can ultimately make real progress in the future. Okay. Got that. All right. So tip two that goes along with that is helping with the meaning twos. Like I said, 
in my own home, I'm like, well, yeah, well, of course that needs to be done. (laughs) Oh, well, that needs to be done. Sometimes when you walk into somebody's house, there are, you know, and you're helping them. And we're talking specifically about clutter. Clutter are the things that, you know, what they are immediately going to already know is clutter. Those are the things that make them go, oh, I have to make a big decision about that. Oh, man, I need to, oh, goodness gracious, I've got to, you know, I've got to figure this out. I've got to do this. Go ahead and help them start making progress with the stuff that they already have made a decision about, the stuff that they already know what needs to be done. Do that physical work that maybe they've been putting off because sometimes, you know, we're talking about procrastinate clutter here. Sometimes in my mind, well, I've already made a decision about that, so I might as well move on to this other thing that needs a decision made. But then I haven't actually acted on that decision or that thing that I already knew that needed to be done, like folding laundry or whatever. Um, if I haven't acted on those things, then my house still feels clutter and feels cluttered. And sometimes that's that visible procrastinate clutter. I think there's not really anything to do because I've already made the decision. I already know what needs to be done. I just haven't done it. But but the fact that it's out there and it's visible and it's waiting to be done, even though I don't acknowledge it as clutter, is causing me to feel overwhelmed. And that feeling of overwhelmed is causing me to not be able to get started. And so help with meaning twos. Help with procrastinate clutter. Okay? I mean, there's not much to argue about over clothes needing to be folded and put away. So help with that. There's not much that needs to be argued over, not that we can't argue over it somehow, over dishes that need to be done and put away. There's not much to argue over whether, you know, things that they have already boxed up in the past, that they have gotten ready to be sent off to be donated, go ahead and take that stuff and donate it. If they go, oh, wait, I want to go through it one more time. Okay, go through it with them one more time. And then take the stuff away so that they can start to feel that progress and feel that change in their home that then will make it easier for them to really get going. And you're starting to earn that trust that we talked about. Okay. Um, So examples of meaning twos, like I said, procrastinate clutter, folding and putting away laundry, washing and putting away dishes. Um, Does that sometimes bring about the whole container issue? Yes, it does, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, Other things too, and and I'm just going to be honest here. I personally rarely have a garage sale anymore. Like it's been years and I don't see myself really ever doing one again. Not that I won't ever, but I mean, I am a big fan of donating. Personally, I have come to a point where donating is what I do. That is just the thing that allows me to get stuff out quickly. And I put a lot of value in that. Most people who are really struggling with clutter, a lot of their struggles are related to the value of the items. And that can be a real stopping point. So if that is their struggle, well, I'm going to have a garage sale one day. I'm going to have a garage sale one day. Well, let me help you put together a garage sale because it's so much work. And so I will help you do that. It's not ideal. Ideally, they would come to the point where they decided to just donate everything. But you're going to make a lot more progress if, if it's if they are not willing to listen to the whole, hey, you know, be so much quicker and faster if we just donate. I mean, you can say that. 
But if they absolutely are resisting that and the thing that is keeping all this stuff in their house is this ambiguous idea that they're going to have a garage sale one day, help them have the garage sale. Because that might be the thing that gets them going. And then perhaps, most likely, probably, because this is what happened to me, um, as they have that garage sale and realize that was not worth my time. Oh my goodness. Okay, now we're willing to donate. You know, now we might be one step closer to that. If it's this idea of selling on eBay, and you know, sometimes when it's your own house and you have so much stuff and there's so many different things that have value and it's, oh, I bet that could be sold on eBay. Oh, I bet that could be sold on eBay. Oh, I bet that could be sold on eBay. It just starts to become overwhelming. If you're coming in to help, you're able to kind of sort through that visually and go, okay, you know, but if, if, you know, and you're able to focus in on the things that really matter, if they personally have a lot of different things and selling on eBay is the reason they're not actually getting this stuff out of their house is that they think one of these days I'm going to sell on eBay, help them sell it on eBay. That doesn't mean that you necessarily set up your own account, but help them set up an account, help them do the research. This is you spending time together with them. Okay. And that's the goal here, right? So let's say that they have 15 things that they have said, Oh, I, I'm, I'm probably going to sell that on eBay. Um, one of these days I'm going to sell that on eBay. I've heard that that can make a lot of money on eBay. Say, okay, well, pick the one thing that you think is most valuable and let's, I'll help you sell it on eBay. Oh, okay. You know, most people in my experience, you say, I'll help you get this thing done that you've been meaning to get done. It will make them go, oh, okay, well, cool. Let's do that. So start going through the process. What's the first thing you do when you sell on eBay? Well, you type into eBay and see what people are getting for um, this item. You know, you type in the exact item with the brand name, with everything, all the details, and you look at completed listings. Do not look at what people want for an item. Only look what people are actually getting for an item. But look at the completed listings. That's the first step of selling on eBay. And because um, you are selling on eBay, I'm sorry, my kid just texted me and it distracted me. Uh, Anyway, but because you are looking up and you're going through that first step, because, you know, if we're going to sell it, we need to know what starting price. Don't, you know, if this is somebody who is super resistant, don't go into it going, let me just show you, let's go, (laughs) really, you think that's going to sell? Let's see, see what the completed listings are. Instead according to how well you know their personality, come at it from, oh, you want to sell this on eBay? Well, I'll help you do that. Okay, well, the first step is to see how much people are actually getting for this. And then you go look at it. And then they see that, um, that, oh, I thought that was worth $300. And people aren't even selling it when they list it for $9.99. Oh, that may take care of the problem without it having been confrontational. You're helping them do this thing that they've been saying that they wanted to do. And so by helping, the first step of that was the delusion breaker. But it didn't have to be you coming in saying, really, let me break this delusion for you. Okay, do you see what I'm saying? That is the difference in how you approach this situation. So, um, 
let's say that, well, I still want to try it. Okay, then go through the process, actually help them do that, going alongside them, help them through this process, so they can see the actual work that's involved in it, as opposed to um, this idea that it's a magical thing. No, go through the process. You know, if you're going to be there um, for a day, you get the auction set up for them. And then you're going to need to follow through when the auction ends. Hey, how much did it sell for? You can watch for it on your own computer. Hey, you sold that item or hey, you didn't sell that item, whatever. But going through this process is is a huge part of that being willing and realizing that um, what it actually takes, which then brings you farther down this line that I personally went through of I'd really rather donate because it's not worth all that time and hassle. Okay, so help people with their meaning twos. Maybe it's just helping to haul off the, the donations. Maybe they have um, boxes of things that they've already, did I already say this? I think I did. Okay, anyway, but helping them haul off those donations. So helping with the meaning twos, that right there is everything, okay? All right, before I move on to tip three, let me get to our sponsor for this episode. Our sponsor this week is ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage breed pork directly to your door. Each box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. You can choose from five different box types. There's all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, the mixed box, which is what I got, and the custom box, which lets you choose your own cuts. I got a butcher box and I personally loved having high quality, delicious meat. It was delicious. Delivered straight to my front door for the convenience factor, but also the accessibility factor. I know from living in a small town that accessibility is a huge issue when you're trying to eat healthy. Think of butcher box as your neighborhood butcher with their quality beef, chicken, and pork delivered right to your doorstep for free. Meat that comes in a butcher box is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packaging. I was not home when our butcher butcher box arrived, but my husband said it was super easy to unpack it and put the meat straight in the freezer. He was also thrilled about the selection of meat that came to our doorstep. Um, Butcher box meats are antibiotic and hormone free. You can cook with a peace of mind, knowing that you're feeding your family healthy, high quality meat. Choose your delivery frequency with the customizable subscription. And this makes it very convenient. Um, for $20 off of your first box and an order of free bacon, hello bacon, um, go to butcherbox.com slash slob and enter the code SLOB. That's $20 off your first box and an order of free bacon that's included. Um, go to butcherbox.com slash slob and enter the code slob. Okay, so tip number three is really important. Stick to the facts. Do not go emotion. Don't do emotion on your decluttering journey here. Okay, we're, we're not, you know, emotion does not work well with me personally, because if it's emotion based, I'm gonna keep it all. If it's value based, I'm gonna keep it all. I mean, really, 
you know, if you ask me, is this thing wonderful, important, happiness inducing? Yes. The answer is yes. Of course it is. But, um, that doesn't work. So stick to the facts. Okay. Trash is trash. Focus on obvious trash instead of arguing what is and isn't trash. If they say that's not trash, but you're sure it is, hold your tongue for now and go with the stuff that obviously is trash. Okay. Getting out, you know, empty boxes, um, you know, instead of necessarily the things in the pantry that you say, really, do you ever eat this? How, why did you buy this? But we're not doing that. That's emotion based. We're sticking to facts. Oh, this one's expired. That's a fact. This one is empty, but the box is still in the cabinet for some reason. That's a fact. Okay. So stick with trash. Um, because the goal is to start making visible progress. You know, I always give the tip, snap a picture with your phone, do some work, focus on the trash, snap another picture so that they can see, wow, just removing the trash made a big visible difference. Okay. That is really important. If they aren't registering it, just actually looking at the, the space itself, then that picture can really make a big difference. Um, the two decluttering questions are all based in facts. Where would you look for this first? That's their answer. Not where you think they should. Remember the key word there is would not should. So we're focusing completely on that fact of where would you look for this first? I'm going to also establish some trust here when I accept your answer to that question. Where would you look for this first? Okay. All right. And then the, did you know you had it? That if somebody is not used to that question and if somebody is completely paranoid about getting rid of something that they might need one day, that question might be hard for them, but ask it anyway and get rid of the things that that lets them get rid of. Okay. Because remember less is the goal and better is the goal. So anything that can leave the house is decluttering success. And so really focus on the facts of where would you look for this first? Take it there right now. And did you know you had it? Uh, would you even have looked for it? You know, that's the second decluttering question. Would you even, you know, did you know you had it? Would you even looked for it? So, you know, see if that will let them put it in the donate box or the garage sale pile or whatever it is that you're working on here. Um, tip four, start where they want to start because remember we're helping. We're not coming in to change them and fix them. But a lot of people who are overwhelmed you know, that's, that's the key. I mean, I, I get this all the time as a Google search result, you know, is where do I even start when my house is so cluttered? If the person that you're helping is overwhelmed and can't answer that question immediately of where do you want to start, then that's where you get to come in with, okay, well, one of the things I've learned from this podcast I listened to is to start with visibility. And I have personally experienced in my own home that it really made a big impact when I, made that my place to start was the place, the first place that guests see when they walk in the front door or the side door, wherever guests actually walk in. But when I realized, you know, when I started with that, when I prioritized my own decluttering projects with that, then it made a big difference. Okay. So if they ask, if they're overwhelmed and they don't know where to start, start with visibility. If you ask them if they want help and they say, yes, help me with my linen closet, start with the linen closet. Okay. I mean, just, you know, start with the place where they want to start because 
I am not talking here about someone having hired you to come in and fix them. I'm talking about you helping someone in your life declutter. Okay. And again, this is earning trust. So they have this obviously cluttered place that's been driving the bananas. It's the first place that they desperately wanted help with as soon as you offered help. And you go make progress in there and they're like, oh, this person is actually very helpful in this decluttering process. And so then you move on to something else. If they have something else, okay, great. But if they go, wow, that really looks so much better. Thank you so much. Wow, what should we do next? then you bring up the visibility rule. Okay. Okay. Number tip five. Um, okay. And, and part of that with tip four, with the visibility rule is don't leave. I mean, obviously you leave when you have to, but don't leave without them being glad that you helped. Okay. If they say, I desperately want help with my linen closet and you say, no, we're starting with your entryway because of the visibility rule. Then that was the thing they've been focused on. And they may resent the fact that you came and you wouldn't start with the thing that they wanted to start with. Um, But again, if they're not sure where to start, start with the visibility rule, because that, you know, that's going to make a big difference. Um, Okay, tip five, consolidate. Um, This is part of the container concept. I talk about it in my book and going through the actual implementation of the container concept. Um, The reason consolidating is a great way to help other people is it's not something you have to ask their opinion or what they want to do with items as you go. It's just simply a matter of putting like things together. So let's say you are in the linen closet and it's just a big cluttered jumbled mess. You know, you don't have to ask them and pester them and ask for decisions to be made to put all the towels together and to put any tablecloths together or sheets together or whatever. That is kind of procrastinate clutter, right? So just putting like things together, consolidating is very revealing. When all of the sheets are together in one spot, that's when it becomes clearer that this shelf is not big enough to hold all of the sheets or this shelf is not big enough to hold all of the towels. So let's get rid of the rattiest ones that you don't actually like and are last resort so that they then fit well on here. Okay. But you as the helper consolidating is a great thing. So let's say you're working in the kitchen for you to just walk in and go, you don't have enough room in these cabinets for all of your pots and pans. Okay, that makes them go, oh, well, I'm feeling attacked and I'm feeling criticized and I'm feeling, um, well, what am I supposed to do about that? I don't know. I like my pots and pans. I like to cook, blah, blah, blah. That kind of stuff goes on in that conversation. But instead, just going in and saying, okay, well, I'm going to put all of your skillets together. I'm going to put all of your pasta pots together. I'm going to put all of your cookie sheets together. And when you do that, so many things are just naturally revealed. You know, if you put all the skillets together and there are 15 skillets, then we're having a very different conversation than we had when I just came in and said, your um, pots and pans cabinet is way too full. Instead to say, okay, well, there's, oh, wow, you've got 15 skillets and this is really full. You want to get rid of your least favorite skillets? You know, I mean, that is a fact-based, non-emotion-based, helpful thing to do. Okay, is consolidating, letting that be 
um, just letting it reveal on its own the real issue here without you saying you have too many skillets. Instead, put the skillets together so that you don't have to say you have 15 skillets. You just say, okay, I put all the skillets together. Oh, there's not enough room. Well, there's 15 skillets. So maybe I know I'm saying 15 and there are a few people listening who are like, hey, but I have 15 skillets. And there are a few of you listening going, I bet you I have more than 15. Um, anyway, so that right there is non-emotional. It's helpful. It is a definite part of the process and it's very revealing and it lets the stuff itself reveal what needs to go. You know, the clutter, um, the clutter, the container concept, that's the beauty of it for me. The container decides, not me. I'm not the one who decides what needs to go. The container reveals by its actual size what needs to go. And then it doesn't, it's not emotional. And that works really well when helping other people declutter. Okay. Um, with all of that though, of course I recommend my book <laughs> decluttering at the speed of life. You can go to a slob comes slash book to get that. Um, because that goes into a whole lot more, uh, detail and emotions and all of that strategies. So, um, before I go though, I want to make sure you understand, I've been saying this the last couple of weeks, if you're still here with me, um, that I think I have two more podcasts after this one before I take my summer break. So I want to make sure that you um, don't miss out when I come back in August. I think I'll come back mid to late August. Um, so go ahead and subscribe and whatever, wherever you're listening to a podcast right now, subscribe there. Okay. So, um, you know, if you always listen to it on the blog itself, on the website itself, um, go to a slob comes clean.com slash podcasts with an S and there you can, um, subscribe to get an email notification when it comes out. Or if you listen within your podcast app, um, it will just automatically appear in your app when the first one comes out in August. So, and don't forget to, I would love for you to become a patron of the show. Just go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Those who are patrons at the $5 a month level. Um, one of the perks that you get for being a patron is, um, you get invited to a private Facebook group. If you are a patron and you are not in the Facebook group, you have two options. Either go to Patreon and sign into your account, patreon.com, sign into your account and look in the notifications there and you will find the link to the, um, to the form that I need you to fill out. I can't, I don't have the information that I need from Patreon to be able to invite you to the Facebook group, but the link to the form is in the members only, you know, patron only section of Patreon. Um, and that will give you the form. What, wait, what did I just say? The link to the form is there, fill out the form, and then I can invite you. If that's too confusing or too much hassle, just email me at a slobcomesclean at gmail.com. And I will send you the link to that. Okay. After I check to make sure you're really a patron, patron, patron. Um, anyway, so, uh, that would be fun to have you in that group. It's a lovely, lovely group of people. So, um, I think that's it. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.